0: Is it on? All right. I'd already pushed the button and didn't know it on the way over here, though not during the song. Y'all, y'all would have known that right away. Is anybody in here just a little bit nervous? Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Okay. I know that I know the singers were a little bit, and um, there was a few few uh, little things going with the music. Y'all heard that, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Well, let me share something with you that may help you to relax a little bit, just kind of breathe. Is there any people in here that like to fish? Anybody like to fish? Okay, a few fishermen, a few fishermen. Um, my favorite fishing hole is Lone John Silver's. Most of y'all know that, right? I always have good luck there, and I don't spend as much money. Think about it. All right. Um, but anyway, I want to ask you fishermen and fisher people a question. Does anybody know why Noah was not much of a fisherman? Anybody know? Anybody know? Anybody think you know besides Emmanuel? No. that had been a good one. No, he only had two worms. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Now I'm in trouble. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, today's um, sermon comes from the book of Job, chapter 42. And uh, this is the last chapter in the book. Uh, Don't know about next Sunday. We'll wait till next Sunday and see what happens. But uh, as to kind of introduce what's going on, most of y'all know, most of y'all that's been here all along, you know what's going on and everything. But um, Noah, uh, Noah, uh (laughs) Noah, and Job were pretty good friends. But anyway, Job was from the land of Uz. Now, how many knew that? Okay, there's actually a a little town, a little wide spot in Kentucky called Uz. You see, they called it the land of Uz in the Old Testament, but then we called it the right name. It's Uz. But uh, that's where he was from. The land of Uz or Uz, And you all know how uh, Job was. He was was the richest man in the east. He was uh, very well off. He had so many thousand oxen, so many thousand donkeys, so many thousand camels, servants to take care of all of this. Um, Had seven sons, three daughters. He had all these things. And he was struck by um, just one catastrophe after another. And he lost everything. And we, of course, know that he was um, accused by the adversary. Take away everything and he'll just curse you. Well, that happened. He lost everything except his wife. And um, it's a good thing that he didn't lose her. We'll learn that today. Some of y'all say, no, he, she messed up. But well, anyway, we'll see. Um, so he loses everything. And then... He loses his health. He's he's uh, has sores from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Just um, I, c- I can't imagine the pain that he might have had, because I, I I hate pain. Okay, I just I can't. I don't I don't know if I could deal with intense pain or not. I've, I've never I've never really had intense pain. Um, you know, mild pain, but not intense. But can you just imagine what pain Job must have been uh, been going through? So he was lost, everything. He was in very sick. You know, had this disease. Um, we don't know exactly what it was. There's all kinds of guesses of what it was, but we don't know. But we just know he was sore from top to bottom, and he was just in trouble. And to pile more insult to that, he had three friends that came along and just, you know, told him what fur, You know, you know, Job, you've messed up. You've done something. And that, of course, that was the custom. He'd done something. You know according to their to that time but anyway after um 41 chapters job sees god more clearly and that's where i want to start today in job chapter 42 look at uh, we'll look at verse 1 through 6 okay job sees God more clearly and then job replied to the lord the lord had been speaking to job in uh, several chapters before 42 and as you any, any of y'all want to see a sea monster read chapter 41 of uh, job that's where we uh, see a sea monster and I'm not going to try to try to pronounce it okay because I'd mess it up but it starts with an l all right even say he breathes fire but job job replied to the Lord God was talking to him and job says, I know that you can do all things and I want us to learn a few things about God here that job learned uh, the hard way okay. Job learned the hard way. Job learned here about God that that God can do anything he wants to do. Anything. And we want to put limits on God and we think, well, you know, God could do that. But I don't know. He might not. And so we don't even ask sometimes. But Job realized that God could do anything he wanted to do. And also Job learned that no purposes of yours can be thwarted. If God wants to do something, He's going to do it. And there's nothing we can do about it or anyone else or any power, anything. If He wants to do something, God can do it. And Job realized this. And then you ask, who is the who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Nobody can obscure or change the plans of God. Now, That brings the question, then why should we even pray? Well, how do we know what God's plans are? We don't know what God's plans are. So we need to pray. Surely I spoke of things I did not understand. That right there just hits me right in the face. Job said, I spoke of things I did not understand. And there's so many things that I just do not understand. I don't know. And, and, you know, each one of us could just start saying or filling in that blank. I do not understand this and I do not understand that. Job did not understand why, why he was suffering so much. He said, I, I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. Just, just some things we don't know and some things we will never know and some things, now, hold on, you ready? Some things are just none of our business. You know that mm. be talking to somebody or talking you and somebody having a conversation somebody else just comes in and butts right in what are y'all talking about nothing none you <laughs> But there's some things that that happens in this world and that that God has control over that's we just don't need to worry about because he's God and he's got it he knows what he's doing so so these things, Job was learning about God. He was seeing God more clearly. You said, listen now, and I will speak. I will question you, and you shall answer me. I, my ears had heard of you. Job saying, I've, I've heard about you, God. I, I know about you. And if you all remember uh, back in the beginning of the book, Job uh, sacri- made fa- sacrifices to God. So he knew about God. His ears had heard about God. But now, after 41 chapters, and now in chapter 42, now Job sees God more clearly, and he says, "But now my eyes have seen you. Now my eyes have seen you." You know, we can we can hear about God, and we can we can listen to sermons, we can go to church services, um, revival meetings, camp meetings. We can leave the TV on all of the channels that. Has, well, you might not want to do that the the preaching channels you know some of them might lead you astray, so you have to you have to back it up with a word, but anyway, now my eyes have seen you we We need to go farther than just knowing about God, but we need to see god and in chapter forty two job sees God, and that's what we need, and when job realized. That he needed to see God and he did see God, he said, Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust, dust and ashes. Job just did not understand, but he realized that I don't know everything. And God has this everything in control here. And so now I'm, I'm going to repent for my lack of understanding and ignorance. We we think of Job as suffering and and not doing anything wrong at all, but as we've learned through forty-one chapters, we didn't look at all of them, I know, but we learned that Job, you know, didn't have it exactly right. And so we see after after this, that because of Job's eyes being open and him being able to see see God more clearly and understand more clearly. Job is able to, to pray for his friends in, in verses 7 to 9. After the Lord had said these things to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Temanite, I am angry, angry with you and your two friends because you have spoke, not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. So now take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you, and I will accept his prayer, and not deal with you according to your folly. You have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Naamite did what the Lord told them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. Job may have had to suffer a lot of the things that he did so that he could get to a position that he could pray for his friends. Now, that's just me maybe speculating or guessing. But for some reason or other, Job is willing to pray for his friends and willing to make sacrifices for them and try to help them. Now, most of us, if we had three friends that came over to our house and sat around for seven days like a knot on a log, and then when they did open their mouth and start talking, they were just putting you down or putting us down. How many of us would be in in the mindset that we would want to pray for those friends? And um, with, with friends, you, you've heard that expression. Some of y'all have heard me say this, but I'm not going to say it one way. With friends like these, who needs enemies, right? You don't need enemies. And if you, anybody, any of y'all know me, I've said a different that in a different version before. But I'll leave it at that. Job got in a position that he could pray for his friends. And there, there's one thing in these verses that I just want us to, to get a hold of and hold on to and think about. And it's this little phrase right here. My servant Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayer and not deal with you according to your folly. Aren't you glad that God does not deal with us according to our folly? I mean, I'm just going to use that big old fancy word, stupid. Sometimes I just do stupid things. Does anybody else ever do anything stupid? I mean, right after you do it, you say, man, I, I shouldn't have done that. And it, it's it's real easy when you're, you're talking to somebody and you just fly off and say something you shouldn't. Um, if your wife's around, she'll let you know right quick if you did something stupid. But I am so glad that, that God does not deal with us according to our folly, our, our foolishness. Now, he, there's, a, the verse, uh, there's a verse that says that God knows that we're only dust. We're just dirt. He made us and He knows what we're made of. And so He, he knows everything about us. So because of that he doesn't always um, deal with us according to our folly. I'm I'm so glad of that. Now after Job had had prayed for his friends and um, God accepted the prayer and, and things were getting a little better the next thing that happens is Job has a little bit of a celebration. Okay? He has a celebration. Job Job has a uh an old testament party, okay? Now I like I like the kind of parties they had. Their celebrations always included lots of food. <laughs> right? And there if there's one thing that most people like to do, that's they like to eat. Exhibit A. <laughs> I like to eat. Um they had a they had a party. And guess guess who the main band was that came that day anybody know anybody want to guess cooling the game they were singing celebration right now some of y'all are celebration singing that in your head right i thought about maybe having some some of the guys up here to, to play that song for us today but y'all just can go home and play it on on your own time there might be a phrasing that, that maybe not might not be appropriate for here i don't know but anyway they were there having a, just a party, and they were uh, had all kinds of food. After look at verse number ten. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. And we'll look at that twice as much here in, in just a little bit. But but God restored his fortunes, and his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him in his house. So Job's having a party, a big celebration, and he he still had some brothers and sisters that didn't get wiped out, and he had some friends that were still around, and I, I don't know if these, uh, Bill, Dad, and the other guys, I don't know if they were there or not, they may have been, but the Bible says that everyone who had known him before came and ate, so they were having a party, and they, they comforted and comforted consoled him over all the trouble that he'd had let me read the rest of that he didn't just he didn't just have trouble it was um, the Bible says here the Lord had brought on him and each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring so when they came this may have helped job, uh, job get back into uh, having a little bit of uh, finances the friends that came uh, brought silver and he brought they brought gold so maybe this was the way that God was going to, to help restore some of Job's fortunes. I don't know. But uh, here where it says the Lord had brought these troubles on him. God allowed these things to happen. I want us to understand this. Um, God is not sitting on his big white throne just waiting for you to mess up so he can zap you with a lightning bolt. He's not doing that. He's He's not that kind of a God. Now, if you do get hit by a lightning bolt, You shouldn't have been out in the rain. (laughs) Think about it, right? Get in out of the rain. God gave us a brain. There you go. So, uh, God allows things to happen. though. And now, why does God allow suffering to happen? Now We've been through this over and over. To teach us to to see God more clearly. To help us to see God more clearly. He's the God of the universe. And we just need to see Him as He is. Well, They're having a big party, a celebration. And then, verse 12 through 17, we see that for the rest of Job's life, it probably wasn't easy, but Job had it a lot better than the first part of his life. And the Bible tells us that he lived 140 years after this. And we think that he probably lived about 70 years before that. So Job probably probably lived to be over 200 years old. But we know that he lived 140 plus because he had 10 children and had all these flocks and um, you don't just build a herd overnight. But look at verse 12. Here we see that, that, that life is good for Job for a while, for a long while. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 donkeys. Now, there's something here that I learned that I kind of stumbled over because that's how I learned stuff. I just kind of stumble over it, you know, like a, a blind dog finding a bone. Just every now and then, you, you're going to find you a, a doggy bone. But here, the Bible tells us exactly how many uh, camels and donkeys and oxen and sheep that God had blessed Job with. Now, if you go back and read chapter 1 of Job, he had exactly half of every one of these. Did any of you know that? I didn't know that. I, I knew that God just blessed him more than what he had before, but he doubled everything that Job had. He, in the first chapter of Job, it tells us that he had 3,000 camels. And in chapter 42, He has 6,000 camels. So, God really blessed Job for what he was going through because he was serving him. Now, some of y'all may be sitting there and saying, I'd just like to have 20 camels. Right? Or I'd just like to have maybe 100 cows. where's, Where's my herds? Well, listen. We'll get into this in a minute, but Some of us are going to have to wait until we... This is... I'm just going to say it. We're going to have to wait until we cross the river. Okay? We're going to have to wait until we get on the other side of the Jordan. And I know that's preachy words. But we're going to have to wait until we see Him face to face before we receive all that He has in store for us. I mean... Job had all these camels and oxen and he, he had to still work and he had to oversee the, the family and the servants and he had all these things going on. But listen, I, I know I'm going to get a little bit ahead, but there's there's a table prepared for us, okay? Now, it might take us a while to get there. But most of us are not going to live past 100, right? So it's going to be less than 100 years for most all of us, right? Some of you... Getting close to there now, maybe. I don't know. But uh, Job had twice as much, and he also had seven sons and three daughters. Seven sons and three daughters. The first daughter's name was Jimmy. See that? Y'all see Jimmy? The second daughter's name was Kezi. See that? Now, the third one's kind of easy if you leave off the last half. The third daughter's name was Karen. Okay? Karen. All right. Now, nowhere, nowhere in all the land were there found women as beautiful as Job's daughters. So God blessed him with all these oxen and camels and and all this stuff, the the herds, oxen, donkeys. But he also blessed him with three beautiful daughters. Now, if you all remember reading in the Old Testament, some of the women back there were kind of homely, all right? I mean, one guy, you know, he he wanted to cull that one woman. I ain't going to say her name, but y'all go back and look it up. He, she was she was not pretty to look at. And that wasn't the one he wanted. He ended up stuck with her, right? But anyway, Job had three daughters, and they all three were absolutely beautiful, knockouts. And so he gave them an inheritance right along with the brothers. See, God, sometimes God just blesses us in ways that just totally unexpected. So just just whatever you, I, I know that you, everyone in here is dealing with stuff. I mean, if you're not dealing with stuff right now, you're probably asleep, okay? But anyway, we're dealing with stuff. And, and God has something for those that are faithful to him, He has something for us that is just beyond belief. We just we, when we when we get there it may be there, I don't know. But when we are blessed in these ways, it's just gonna blow our minds. Right. So we had these beautiful daughters, and after this Job lived a hundred and forty years. He saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. And so Job died, an old man, and full of years. An old man, probably around 200, 210, somewhere through there. So Job was allowed to even live the good life that God had for him, even here. Now, there's a guy over in the New Testament that, that suffered. You all thought I was through, didn't you? <laughs> well, I won't keep you too long. But anyway, there's a guy over in the New Testament that suffered greatly. And um, he wrote several of the New Testament books. God used him in a great and mighty way. Um, If it it wasn't for him, I know God would have used somebody else. But if it wasn't for him, a lot of the early churches just wouldn't have been. I mean, somebody else could have done it, but they couldn't do it exactly like he did. And I'm talking about uh, Paul. Once was Saul, names Paul. Paul suffered greatly. everywhere he went, he he suffered. I mean, he was a Pharisee and he was a very intelligent guy, but when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, things changed. He um he received a a, a new purpose in life, but he also received a lot of suffering. You know, when uh, he was in jail a lot, prison, when. Um, I don't think I've ever shared this with you, but when, when Paul and Silas, or Paul and his buddies, whoever was with him, when they went into a new town, you know what the first thing they did was? They looked at the jails to see what kind of facilities they had, because that's where they were going to end up. Right? They didn't look at the motels or, or somebody's house. They they were just, they were ready. So that's where they ended up. So I want to read a few verses in 2 Timothy chapter 1. And... Uh, I'll probably just read down through here, and I might stop here, there, and yonder. But uh, Paul, Paul suffered greatly, and he's a, a really good example for us. For this reason, verse six. For this reason, I remind you to fan the fl- into the flame, into flame, the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. He was writing back to Timothy. For the Spirit of God gave us, God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power love and discipline, self-discipline. Paul, Paul needed um, all these things to serve God through his sufferings. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about the, our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Paul was a prisoner, not not just a prisoner of Christ in the figurative way, but he was an actual convict. Okay, I don't know what color his stripes were, but anyway... Rather, join me in the suffering for the gospel. Paul was suffering because of what he believed and what he taught. Join with me in, my, in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not This is again is um, sort of like the not according to our folly over in jo- Job. Not because of anything we have done, but because of His own purpose and grace. God uses us in His service not because we are perfect, not because we can do it better than anybody else, but because we are His and we are willing to allow Him to work in us. Now just get a hold of that. He he uses us not because we're great or because we're perfect or because we can do things so well, but He uses us because of his grace and his purpose. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it is but it now has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death. That I, I could just stay there for a long time. If you if you know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior you are never never going to die sounds kind of stupid doesn't it or silly or way out there but listen when I die I'm going to see Jesus I ain't planning on going today (laughs) I might and that'd be okay, but he, Jesus, destroyed death. Death has no more power on his people. That's just, man, that's just, that's one of those things that just kind of blows your mind. Think about that. And we're, we are so afraid, most people are so afraid of dying. Why? Fear of the unknown. For me, the fear that I have maybe of dying is in the pain part. You remember I said I, I hate pain. I just can't. I can't take pain. I had. Uh, I've got. I've got arthritis here, there, and yonder. You know, I'm past 50. I could be a member of that one club. I can't remember it now. Uh. Well, anyway. <laughs> Whew, that's a good one. I didn't even mean that one. <laughs> Let's go fishing. <laughs> A-A-R-P. <laughs> I could be a member of that club now, right? So, I had, uh, what I was getting to, was I had uh, two Advil this morning, about 7.30. And then uh, about 10.30, I had two Tylenol. Why? Because I'm in this body, and I have pain, and I hate pain. So I do something about it when I can. I don't do as much as I should, but I do what I can about it. So, so... Death being destroyed is is just something that should just tickle us to death, (laughs) right? So anyway, he's destroyed death and he's brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. It's through the good news of Jesus Christ that all these things happen. And Paul said, in all this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher You see, God has something for all of us to do. All of us teach one way or the other. We teach other people how, if if you are a Christian, and you know the Lord, you are a teacher, and you are teaching other people how to live the Christian life. Think about it. Now, you might not be doing a good job, but you're teaching them. People look at your life. They look at what you say. They pay attention. I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand. But some folks has words that they say that you probably wouldn't say to Jesus, okay? And there's somebody watching you when you talk. And you know what they're going to do? Most of the time, they're not going to say, oh, he's... He or she's a Christian, she shouldn't shouldn't have said that. No, they're they're not gonna usually say something to your face. What they're going to do is they're going to pick up that word. Even maybe subconsciously. And they'll be saying this word that shouldn't be said out loud. And their thought process is, well, so and so is a Christian, and they say it. So it must not be that bad. Or they may say, well, that per- person goes to church. So it must not be that bad. Well, everybody that goes to church might not be exactly where they need to be with God. No, I'm not talking about anybody at all, particularly. So he said that I've been appointed these things. that, And he then he says, that is why I am suffering as I am. Paul was suffering because of the job that God had given him because of the gospel, because of him being an apostle, because of him being a a leader in the church, because of the the things that he needed to do for God. Now, sometimes people don't suffer a whole lot because they don't do a whole lot. Think about that. If you try to do the right thing, somebody's going to give you a hard time about it. Okay? They're going to say, well, why did you do that? I wouldn't have done that. That's just crazy. Shouldn't do that. I mean I'm talking about some of the things that we take a stand on, that we ought to take a stand on. Um I don't know. Workplace dirty jokes. Take that for example. I've told a few that I shouldn't have told. Okay? Now I just try to stick to PG jokes like Noah and his fishing, okay? just good good clean jokes. I call them dad jokes, okay? Now, it could be any jokes, but I call them dad jokes. Me and Emmanuel get along really well. He laughs at my jokes and I listen to him talk. <laughs> he told me this morning, "Dad, don't embarrass me." <laughs> Sorry, son. (laughs) But Paul, Paul said that he was suffering because of these things. Then he says, yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Some of you folks that are old enough to remember um, the old Baptist hymnal or the the church hymnal, the the Broadman Broadman hymnal, um, just the old hymn books, any of them. Some of y'all remember a song in there, and I, I probably can't remember the name of it, but the the song said, um, "I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have." committed unto him against that day if you guys remember that song that old song i would sing it for you but i'm i'd probably just cry and i'm you know you don't want, you don't want to see that or hear that but god is able is what i want us to get out of that verse right there he is able and we can we can take that and just fill in anything we want in that blank right like there some of you may be wondering you know how how are you going to pay the bills next month? I don't know, and I want you to know that God is able. Some of you may be um, just wrestling with uh, guilt guilt or um, you know not forgiving yourself for something. I want you to know that God is able. Some of you may be. Some of you may be dealing with stuff in your your family's life that you don't understand. But just remember God is able. And I know, I'm convinced that He is able. I know. And I'm going to see Him someday. But in the meantime, I need to trust Him. We need to trust Him. For whatever God is able, trust Him. He is able. Let's pray together. God we thank you for the account of Job We thank you that you have shared with us his sufferings We thank you that you were were there with him and you never left him You brought him through God, I pray for anyone that may be suffering today. I pray that You would help each one to look to You. God, some things we suffer for, it it may be part of our own doing, but You are still able to bring good out of that and just help us to trust You. God, for that one that may not know You at all, I pray that they would find in You the help they need. We know that's in Jesus and what He did for us. Help each one just to look to you this day. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.